Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the James Scrimetta Show podcast. Thank you very much for listening. I do appreciate it. I, of course, am James Scrimetta, but who the hell else would I be hosting this show? Thank you for clicking play, tuning in. This show is going to be mostly focused on the Breonna Taylor case. And we're going to talk about, I'm going to summarize what happened. I'm going to try to offer as much information as possible to you that has been given to us. And then I will break down kind of my thoughts on the case. Just like with George Floyd, just like with Jacob Blake, I'm going to offer you a perspective, devil's advocate look, however you want to, however you want to perceive it. But this is a very delicate situation, so I will not be offering blazing hot takes like some of the people in the media. Before we get to that, I do have some housekeeping I want to talk about as far as the content, as far as the podcast, as far as all that stuff. Um, of course, we're going to do a Gilmore Girls update. Uh, you want to, let's start the show with the Gilmore Girls update. Play the music. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We're not going to start the show. Um, we're not going to go through that again. I'm just kidding. We actually are. Play the music. Yep, there it is. Gilmore Girls update. Uh, in this season three, episode four, something like that. Uh, right now, Rory's having a hard time deciding between Dean and Jess. Wow, what a show. All right, that has been your Gilmore Girls update. Still absolutely obsessed with the show. One of the greatest things I've ever watched. So let's talk about content for a little bit. So I have been doing this, as you know, if you've listened to this podcast since January. I've been doing this for a really, really long time. And I actually have analytics pulled up right now. If you look at the analytics, first of all, the on, the analytics only go far enough back to July 27th, 2015, which is not, you know, very far. It's not far enough. I mean, I have videos older than that. So just that right there is five years. Now, there's at least another year, probably another couple years, somewhere between eight and six years, really consistently been doing this kind of content. And... You know, it's been sporadic. There's been podcasts in there. There's been type, different types of videos in there, what have you. Well, recently, we've been putting out a ridiculous amount of content. A truly, it's almost, I don't want to say a superhuman effort, but it is something where we're doing four podcasts a week with the two football podcasts and these podcasts. We're doing upwards of 15 to 20 YouTube videos a week. We're also live streaming a lot of this, um, editing the videos, you know, discussing stuff on live stream, doing all kinds of stuff on there. And the content is therefore spread out all over the place. And there are a lot of people who only watch on YouTube. There are a lot of people who only listen to the podcast. There's a lot of people who only watch live. So it's a little mismatch of everything. And my goal is to make sure that all the content we have, hopefully, gets evenly distributed. And so that's why we have recently, if you've seen on the podcast or on the iTunes or Spotify channel, we have recently started uploading little kind of snippets of audio that aren't full podcast, but they are us talking about stuff. Recently, we uploaded uh, us talking about the Ellen DeGeneres monologue. That is a video on YouTube we have where we watched and reacted to her apology on the first monologue of her returning to her show. I thought that was a great topic and a great conversation, and I don't want to rehash the conversation. I don't want to fake it and 
act like I'm doing it for the first time, but actually doing it for the second time just for the podcast. So I uploaded that little snippet. The week before that, we had a rant and we uploaded that. So what you can expect here is the football show podcasts, which are strictly for the for the recap and preview of that week's NFL games. You can look for the James Cometa Show podcasts twice a week, once at the beginning, once at the end, and those will be, I mean, you know how those are. And then you now will also be getting little clips a couple times a week of what I think are the best rants or the best topics or the best discussions that we may have had somewhere else. So if we had them on YouTube or Twitch or whatever, it doesn't matter. So if you're seeing these pop up and you're like, what the hell is this? What am I getting? That's why you're getting it. I, I'm. We're going to experiment with that and see how that works. Honestly, I think it, it, it bridges a nice little gap there where some people don't have an hour to listen to the podcast. Some people don't have two hours to listen to the football podcast. So being able to also get what we're doing in quick little 10-minute chunks, 15-minute chunks, 20-minute chunks can be helpful as well. So most of the time, whatever you you hear on the podcast is available somewhere else. So like with the Ellen DeGeneres thing, if you wanted to actually see it, if you wanted to visualize it, please go over to the YouTube channel. Just search my name on YouTube. Now, speaking of, I'm looking at the analytics here, and it's really kind of crazy because the last six months have quarantine have seen some explosive growth. Specifically, in the last couple of weeks, have seen explosive growth. The numbers, I was just going through them today, the numbers are kind of staggering. So, in the two time periods that I've compared are July 27th, 2015, all the way to September 20th, 2019. And then we have January 1st, 2020 to yesterday. And if you look at the prior, so the first five years, those are some of my most watched videos. In fact, the two, my two most watched videos of all time, uh, something about the Brett Favre at the ESPYs in 2015 and uh, U.S. Men's National Team, Alexi Lawless. Those have like a combined 150,000 views. So that is going to skew a lot of these, but remember that. So, so on one side are my most watched videos ever and five years of videos. And then on the other side, you have six months of work. So let's do the average view duration. For five years, it was about two minutes. The past six months, it's been about three minutes. And a one-minute boost is pretty big. It's really big, actually. So that was something that was very positive. Let's go to views. Now remember, two videos are holding a heavy weight of this. To show you what I'm talking about here, the top five videos from the first five years all have more than 10,000 views, two of which have more than 30,000 views. In the last six months, I only have one video with more than 10,000 views. And the views are 167,000 to 60,000 in those time periods. Uh, then we go to uh, likes. Likes is interesting as well. Engagement, all that stuff. This is where it starts to get really interesting, where in five years, I only got 1,462 likes on my YouTube videos. In the last six months, I've received 940. So it's almost, that's pretty close when you're talking about five years of likes and just videos being dumped out there to the last six months. And then if we go to comments, this is what's really changed. And this is what I've seen a lot of recently. 
In five years, I got 550 comments. In the last six months, I received 400 comments. I used to have notifications on my phone. Like every time I got a YouTube comment, it would pop up like a text message or something. And then I would go respond to it. It only happened, I mean, you can see here, it only happened about 10 times a year. Well, or excuse me, it only happened about 100 times a year. So in the last six months though, especially the last two weeks, I had to stop doing that. I had to turn the notifications off because there's been there's been so many comments. Not all, not all positive, certainly not, and we'll talk about some of those. And then the big one, in the first five years, I had 176 subscribers. Now that's added a little bit of time there. You add whatever, add 50, add 50, add 100, doesn't matter to me, of, of what the time is that we didn't even, we're not using the analytics. In the last six months, so again, for the first five years, 176 subscribers. In the last six months, we have had 184 subscribers. So the content has picked up. The engagement has picked up. Everything has picked up. So I just wanted to say thank you for supporting these efforts. And we have seen much more success in the last six months than we have in the first six, seven years. And uh, it feels good that we're putting out the effort and we seem to be receiving some of that support. As far as what the big topics were this week, um, so to update you, I am the biggest simp on the planet, apparently, because I had a discussion about um, female people in the media, sports media, and how it's kind of unfair that they have to be the total package, but I also talked about how it's a dog-eat-dog world, and that's just how it is. So um, if you want to find those delicious conversations, you can go ahead and take a look on YouTube. Also... The entirety of the New Orleans Saints franchise fan base uh, hates me right now and thinks that Jameis Winston is the next great thing. I've had people compare Jameis Winston to, to Peyton Manning. I've had, uh, I mean, people, they're all over the place. So I spend most of my days engaging with those likes and uh, are those, you know, um, like-minded and not like-minded people and trying to uh, push them the right way. But that is what I've been doing. So thank you very much again for all the continued support. Speaking of continued support, my God, the presenting sponsor of this podcast, MacHard, MacHard, Anderson & Associates, PLLC, 601-450-1715. Never forget that number. Put it in your phone. Add it as a favorite. Do whatever you got to do. The website, MacHardLaw.com, M-C-H-A-R-D-L-A-W.com. Com. They do it all. And what, 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 James? What does do it all mean? Glad you asked. Car wrecks, 18-wheeler collisions, wrongful deaths, bad faith insurance claims, fire loss, termite damage, offshore injuries, employment discriminations, and contract business disputes. Whatever your situation is, your situation, your case, your life, your family, your security, your future is important to the good folk. And MacHard, MacHard, Anderson & Associates, P. LLC. I know these people personally. I would trust them with any legal issues. When you're battling in in the courts and you're battling in in these high pressure lawyer situations, this ain't my cousin Vinny. Okay, you can't go do it to yourself. You cannot aggressively represent yourself. You can't negotiate your, on yourself, and you can't litigate for yourself. So let them do it. Do not, guys. Do not fall prey. Do not fall victim to these people who are putting up 20 billboards in your area, but they actually live in a 6,000-square-foot house two states over, and they have a big face on the billboard, and it says, one call, that's all, one click, that's it, 15 minutes or less. They are scuzzos. They are not in for your best interests. 
They only want to line their wallets. Do not fall victim to that. Thank you again, MacCard, MacCard, Anderson and Associates, PLLC, 601-450-1715. The law office is located in Mississippi, the only firm delivering seven-figure settlements in the state of Mississippi. So how are we doing, guys? How the hell are we doing? How are we doing out there? How's quarantine treating you? It's so many things I can ask, right? How's quarantine treating you? How's social unrest treating you? How's civil unrest treating you? How's the election treating you? How's the social dilemma treating you? People, there's so much to do right now. There's so much to think about right now. There's so much to talk about right now. How the hell are we all navigating this? All I can tell you is navigate it your best way possible. You know, last last podcast we talked a lot about doing whatever the hell makes you happy and, and all of that. A very motivational podcast, might I add. I can blame Gilmore Girls for that, for me being in a good mood as of late. I'm learning a lot about myself, and I think people are learning a lot about themselves. And not all of those learning moments are fun. You know, not all those moments are great. I've had dark-ass moments in the last six months. I'm sure you have had dark moments too. A lot of what people are going through right now is shaking them to their core, literally shaking them to the core of their beliefs, the core of their ethics, the core of what they thought life was, the core of you know what they thought their role was. I mean, I know I talked about this last week on the podcast, but when you think about what life was like eight months ago and some of those things that don't exist anymore— it's pretty wild. I mean, there was a couple of days this week specifically where I was just home. I was just home. I had nothing to do. And I cleaned my house. I went shopping or grocery shopping. I, I, don't, I don't go shopping anymore. Went grocery shopping, all that. Took care of everything. Made some phone calls. Took care of some work. And it was about 9 a.m. Worked out. Cooked lunch. 10.30. I'm like, man. This is wild, you know, and it's been, and we're six, seven months into this thing and it's just only going to get crazier. I mean, I said it last week on the podcast, I bought a damn like, Yankee candle. Like, I, I mean, your diet, everything I'm sure is changing. I used to go with my family. I used to go every Friday night to the sushi place and I have not eaten there in seven months. I've gotten to go, but I have not sat down in there and eaten in there for seven months. And I was going there two, three times a month for years. You know, I mean, church and not everyone, of course, is a believer. That's totally fine. We accept any and all here. Um, you know, any, any religion is fine. We, we, I mean, I have no problem with talking or discussing. It's less of a religion and more of a, uh, just a belief in a higher being. But if you're, you know, if you don't believe in that as well and you want to be licked by the uh, eternal flames of damnation, that's fine too. That's a joke. That's a joke. I really don't care. But I mean, church. Think about how big of a deal church was to so many people and how that was their routine. Every single Sunday they went. They saw the same people. They sang the songs. They did everything. And I don't know anyone who goes to church anymore. I didn't even know they were open. You know, and I mean, I haven't been in six or seven months, and I try and go almost every week. So little things like that are just so different. And I hope, I, I can't give you any advice. Uh, I hope whatever you're doing is working for you. That's honestly it. I hope that however you're scheduling your life, however you're formulating your life, whatever it is right now, I hope it works for you. I mean, for the last 12 years, 13 years, I've gone to a gym to work out. And for the last six, seven months, I've worked out of my house. 
I have this like jailhouse routine of pull-ups and push-ups and squats and stretches and, you know, like, I mean, it's some real John claude Van Damme in hell type stuff, uh, you know, mixed with some running and some swimming and, you know, so then you're talking about your diets, you know, I've eaten this pretty much the same, like six meals rotated for six, seven months and it's working for me right now. And my God, I hope it's working for you. And if it ain't working for you, change it up. If something's not working for you, this is the time to change it up. If you can't change it up, if you try to change it up, if it doesn't work, reach out to someone. You can always reach out to me, Twitter at James underscore Scrimetta, Instagram at James underscore Scrimetta. But it's a crazy time, ladies and gentlemen. And it's only going to get crazier. The elections are coming up. I can't promise you anything good there. I, I, we don't, I don't know what we're about to see, honestly, uh, both ways, you know, whether Trump wins, whether Biden wins, whether, you know, Texas Pete, whether he wins, whoever wins, I don't know what this country is going to look like come November, come December. So we'll, we'll do our best to navigate through that, but I don't know. We'll, we'll have to cross our fingers and see. So we're going to spend the rest of the podcast talking about Breonna Taylor and with George Floyd, with Jacob Blake also, I believe, I think we dedicated the whole podcast to them. If I was doing a radio show, if I had three hours to fill, we'd mix and match. We'd get to talk to do the topics and all that stuff, but I don't have to do that. You know, we're running our own show here. So that's why I like to front load with all the stuff we talked about, the fun and games, all that, because this is a very serious situation. This is something that a lot of people are putting a lot of, you know, a lot of time and emotions into. And I don't like to go from Breonna Taylor and all this situation and then be like, all right, guys, now let's talk about uh, Ariana Grande and this, this, and this. So that's why we kind of we kind of do this sometimes as not only respect for the situation, but respect for my listeners because, um, you know, I don't want to seem insincere. For example, if we would have started the podcast with Breonna Taylor and then I went into the Gilmore Girls thing or I went into an ad or I went into you know, coronavirus talk, it, it, it would have felt weird. So let's do the Brianna Taylor thing. First, let's summarize what's going on. So in the Brianna Taylor case, let me answer some questions, right? Now this is from the AP. So this information is factual, true information. This is not from some forum. This is not from some Reddit post. So who was Brianna Taylor? And I'll link this in the bio on uh, YouTube. Who was Brianna Taylor? Taylor was a 26-year-old emergency medical technician who lived with her sister in an apartment in Louisville. She and her boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, had settled in to watch a movie in her bedroom on the night of March 13th when police came to her door with a narcotics warrant that was one of five issued that night in a wide-ranging sting. Okay, so what this means is that there was multiple drug raids performed this night in Louisville. All right, so according to this, it was one of five. So there's five raids. Five raids were happening, all the same problem, all drug-related. Minutes later, Taylor was fatally shot. Her death sparked months of protest in Louisville, and celebrities including LeBron James, Beyonce, and Oprah have called on authorities to criminally charge the police officers who were involved in the raid. How many times was she shot? She was shot six times on the night, but only one of the gunshots was fatal, um, Sergeant John Mattingly had entered the home after the door was broken down and he was shot once in the leg by Walker, Taylor's boyfriend. Walker has said he didn't know the police were at the door and he fired a warning shot thinking it was an intruder. After Walker fired, Mattingly, Hankinson, and a third officer, Miles Cosgrove, returned fire for a total of 32 gunshots fired by police. Why was no one charged with shooting Brown and Taylor? 
The fatal bullet was fired by Cosgrove, but added that Cosgrove and Mattingly were justified in the use of force because they were shot at first. Cameron said, uh, this is Cameron. So Cameron is, I didn't cover that. That is the Kentucky Attorney General Daniel Cameron. Cameron said, uh, Cameron said state law bars us from seeking charges in Breonna Taylor's death. Cameron also said there was no conclusive evidence that any of Hankinson's 10 gunshots hit Taylor inside of her home. Hankinson was charged with three counts of wanton endangerment for firing shots that went into another home with people inside. Now, between me, you, and the camera, I didn't even know wanton endangerment was a thing. I, I mean, when I was, someone asked me what it was, and, you know, not to be crass, but when someone asked me what wanton endangerment was, I was asking about the side of fried rice. I didn't know what the hell they were talking about. So let me go ahead and break down what it actually is. Under Kentucky law, a person commits that crime when he or she wantonly, and man, I hope it's wantonly and not something else, but wantonly, because if it's like wantonly or something like that, I'm over here talking about wontons and fried rice, I'm going to sound ridiculous, but I I haven't heard it said. Wantonly or wantonly engages in conduct which creates a substantial danger of death or serious physical injury to another person and does so under circumstances manifesting extreme indifference to the value of human life. Other states may use terms like reckless endangerment for an equivalent offense. So in layman's terms, this is doing something just willy-nilly. All right, this is something where all hell is breaking loose, and you say, F it, I don't give a shit about whoever's around me, I'm just spraying. So this officer, what happened was, this officer, Mr. Hankinson, he just fired into the apartment without a line of shot without seeing anything he was just blind firing now it's an apartment building so he's not taking into account who's around him uh he's charged with one count for each of the neighboring apartments occupants a pregnant woman her husband their five-year-old child who were all asleep they were not hit by the shots so that's what the charge was and that's what the charge is uh hankinson was fired from the louisville louisville department in june he was the only officer charged by the grand jury the first degree wanton or wanton endangerment charges are class d the lowest level felonies in kentucky Um, when he was fired police chief robert schroeder said that hankinson showed extreme indifference to the value of human life when he fired blindly into taylor's home will there be any other charges Cameron said it is unlikely there will be any further criminal charges coming from his investigation uh, from the night of the shooting all right, so that's where we are. That's the information. That's what we know, okay? Those are the facts. Now, the similarities to Jacob Blake and George Floyd, or as far as the similarities and how I perceive this situation, is that there are multiple questions that need to be asked and multiple answers that need to be given. So the first question is, did the police do what they were supposed to do? Did the police enact their training did the training did the protocol service the situation was all of that good was all of that right i'm not a police officer i can't tell you that that's what the investigation is for it sounds like the only part of that was that was wrong was what hankinson did and he got charged for it and he got the the wanton endangerment then we go into what we're hearing a lot of of the racial injustice Now, this is where I think we may start to have some disagreements. It's really hard for me to see this and say, oh, well, this is obviously a racial killing. This is obviously a couple of white cops going and murdering some African-American people. 
Because that doesn't really add up here. That doesn't really add up when there's five raids going on and there's only one dead person. When there's five raids going on and only one... Out of all those raids, there's only one moment of violence. There's only shots being fired at one place. Now, that's not to say that Breonna Taylor wasn't a victim or isn't a victim. That's not to say that Breonna Taylor deserved to die. She obviously did not deserve to die. But it's not like they came in there murdering Breonna Taylor and this is a racial killing. So if we can agree on that, if we can agree on that Breonna Taylor is a victim, Breonna Taylor should not have died that night. Breonna Taylor was in the wrong place, wrong time, and a whole bunch of shit went wrong. Her boyfriend getting up, shooting at the cops, he said that he thought that the cops were Brianna's ex-boyfriend. He didn't know what was going on. He thought someone was breaking in. I get all that. And if that's the case, if your argument is, well, he had no clue who was breaking into his house, I get that. I understand that. And again, this is one of those things where we're talking about a wrong place, wrong time, a lot of bad stuff went down. Did the officer say, this is officer whoever, this is the Louisville Police Department, we're coming in there for a raid? Did he hear that? Was he sleeping? Was he not? I don't know. But all of that is irrelevant whenever you're talking about, is this a racial killing? Because if that's what the argument is, that they should have alerted who they were, he shouldn't have shot, they shouldn't have shot, all that, that has nothing to do with race. That's more about the circumstances of the raid and did pro- was protocol was protocol adhered to. That's what that is. Okay. Now, what I don't like or what I don't understand is is how people are holding on to this idea that this is a cops versus African American situation. I mean, we saw people, so obviously whenever this ruling came out, Louisville went up in flames, we saw riots, we saw protests, and then officers started getting shot. As of right now, two officers were shot in Louisville, and we saw some things in the media that were basically saying this is a police versus us situation. I'll go ahead and pull some of those up right now. So this is what Colin Kaepernick said. Now, I wouldn't normally put this out there because it's just one person, but ESPN retweeted it. I mean, this got, like, major coverage. I mean, anytime ESPN is retweeting something like this, it basically is ESPN saying it. This is Colin Kaepernick's tweet. uh, tweet. The white supremacist institution of policing that stole Breonna Taylor's life from us must be abolished for the safety and well-being of our people. So, I mean, this is pretty pretty blatant right this is pretty blatant saying that policing is a white supremacist institution and that the police stole brianna taylor's life and that the police must be abolished for the safety and well-being of our people of african americans so this i mean this could not be more them versus us i just think that's not the right way to do this just like we talked about with jacob blake I'm not saying Jacob Blake should have been shot seven times. I'm not saying Jacob Blake should have been, you know, paralyzed or whatever he is now. I'm not saying that the cop did what he did correctly. I'm not saying that was training. But I'm also not saying that that is a white versus black, them versus us, police versus the world, African Americans versus the world situation. In that that uh, time, I said, look, 
We need to just see what the training calls for. Is the training correct? Is the protocol correct? Did he do his job? Did he not? If he didn't, figure it out. Is it on him or is it on the training? And then fix whatever. If it's on him, deliver charges. If George Floyd, same deal. Investigate what the hell happened. If the cop did what he did, if the cop murdered this guy, if this was a racial killing, okay. If it wasn't, if it was, if we can now deduce that it wasn't and we go to the training, let's figure out, did the training fail or did the cop fail? Or did both fail, right? I just don't see this. I just don't see how what seems to me being, what seems to me like, again, wrong place, wrong time, a lot of bad shit happened. Victim, 100%. Obviously, I wouldn't say a totally innocent victim. I mean, this is a police raid of a drug, of some kind of drug raid. So it's not like she was walking down the street and got blasted six times by some random cop. You know, this is a very specific situation. Okay, she didn't, she didn't run a stop sign and she was in the street and got, she got shot six times and killed. You know, that, that's very different than a police raided their house. Uh, her boyfriend shot at police, police returned fire. You know, that doesn't make her any less of a victim, but it does blur blur the water of the innocence of the whole situation and, and, and whatever. So I, I just, I, I hesitate so much with this. And, and this, and honestly, this case is difficult to talk about because on one hand, I'm just saying the same stuff I've said before with Jacob Blake and George Floyd, but... This is also the only time that the person who was killed wasn't directly related to the crime, right? George Floyd was was uh, at being apprehend, apprehended. Mike Brown, he was selling cigarettes. You know, Jacob Blake, same deal. This is someone who was just in the situation. So, you know, it's like, I do feel like I'm saying the same thing. I do feel like I'm just saying that, hey, look, this happened. I, I'm, I think that we can all agree this was a really bad thing. She should not have died. 100% agree. But I just don't agree with putting the stamp on it that this killing was indicative of a white supremacist institution that should be abolished in order to keep African Americans safe. That seems like a lot. Like, doesn't that seem like a bit of a stretch? Doesn't that seem like a bit of a wait a minute, that doesn't really add up? Like, how does that add up? How does it add up? And perfect world, I'm one guy doing a podcast. Perfect world, I'd have multiple people in here, some who who see it one way, some who see it the other. Because I really don't know. I really, and, I, and I, like I said, I've tried to research this. I've listened to people on YouTube or their podcast on the other side. And every time I do, it goes down the water of, well, the, or it goes down the stream or the river of, well, they shouldn't have shot. They shouldn't have shot into the house, or they should have said they were there. They were there, or uh, you know any of that kind of stuff. And that's that's all fine if that is what we're talking about. I'm fully for all investigations into the actual actions, and if they were done correctly, if not, why not? And then deliver charges, which which they have. Okay, they they deduce that the shooting into the house, the shooting back and forth was justified because these police officers are getting shot at. What's the other option? They get shot out, they turn around and run? So if we check that off the list, then we go to the other guy. 
He blindly fired in there. Yeah, that's wrong. Shouldn't do that. He gets he gets busted for it. Turns out he didn't hit anybody. So you can't charge him with murder. We don't even he didn't he didn't hit, shoot anyone. So you can't say oh he murdered her if he didn't shoot anyone. And back to the other two cops, you can't say they murdered her when they're returning fire in a police raid. So it's one of those situations that's super blurry, super sticky, not good at any anywhere in it. But it makes it way worse when you have people who are demanding justice for something that seemingly there is no justice. You know, what like I don't understand what the justice is. What do they want? What do what do people who are screaming justice for Brianna, justice for Brianna, what do they want to what do they want them to say that that these cops went there in the dead of night to murder Brianna Taylor? They they went to just murder her because it obviously wasn't a they went to go murder black people because none of the other people in the raids died. None of the other people in the raids got shot. In fact, none of the other raids got violent. Or was this a situation where a misunderstanding from the boyfriend of what was even going on, uh, allegedly, I mean, we don't know what happened there, but allegedly a misunderstanding from him led to him shooting out at the cops. You know, it's like, I think that you can say this was an unjust situation. I think you can say this should not have happened. I think you can say she was a victim without also saying that the police is a white supremacist institution and we need to get rid of them. In my opinion, this is where it gets really ugly. Because this is what this what this is what gets us down a slippery slope of no resolution. If people believe that the police are their enemy and are out to get them and are keeping them unsafe and is a white supremacist institution or a black supremacist institution, or a German supremacist institution, or whatever supremacist institution, if they believe that that's the case, that's only going to cause division, and it's only going to cause these like super polar climates like we have right now. The fact that at those protests, at those riots, whoever saw the police and shot at them, basically saying, I'm shooting at my enemies, I'm trying to take down my enemies. I mean, we saw in the past couple of weeks the police officer who who was attacked, they were in their car, and a person walked up to the police car and shot into the car. They're out there trying to kill cops. And not everybody is critically thinking. Not everybody is holding, you know, not everyone is looking at the facts. Not everyone is weighing this correctly. And that leads to really, really really bad things like someone walking up to a police a police car just firing into it like someone seeing police officers at a protest and attacking and trying to kill them i don't think this is helping anything and this it we talked about this with jacob blake and we talked about this with george floyd i think sometimes athletes or celebrities or whoever they hear of a situation happening and they don't they don't do the research. They don't do the the hard work and to figure out what's actually going on. Instead, they just kind of start screaming. And they just kind of start screaming to scream. They just start being a part of something to be a part of something. We saw it with Jacob Blake with the WNBA. You know, I was saying, let's do the investigation. Let's do the let's do the whole thing. We don't know what happened. Let's relax. Before we could even figure out who was who we had WNBA players wearing the Jacob Blake shirts. 
You know, I mean, and I had a conversation with a friend of mine off, off the podcast or off whatever, just, just us two talking about it. And I'm not on one side or the other. In this situation, I'm not saying that the Louisville police did a stand-up job, gold stars, gold stars. I'm not saying that Breonna Taylor was racially murdered in a hate crime. I'm not saying that. And I'm not saying that the officer shouldn't be held accountable. I'm saying that true justice has to be worked for, and true justice has to come from the system that we have in place. And if you think the system is corrupt, if you think the system is broken, if you think the system is only there to uh, help, you know, help white people and hold down black people, that's a whole different conversation. I'm speaking about these specific these specific scenarios. I'm looking at this case with the Breonna Taylor thing, and I just don't know. I don't know what the other option is. I don't know what the alternative is. I don't know what. The other answer is, if there was like a multiple choice test with this, I don't think I could see how, you know, answer A, cops are racist murderers. I don't see how that fits into this. You know, option C, white supremacist institution, uh, you know, harming African. I, I don't see that. I don't see that. And these are weird times for me because as a um, middle class white guy in his 30s, it's hard for me to sit up here and say that these cops aren't racist murderer bounty hunters, you know, because so many people are so angry with this. And I totally understand, 100% understand, I said this in the George Floyd case, I 100% understand if a minority group feels like they are not given the same representation or they're given the same, uh, you know, privileges or whatever. I totally 110% get that. And like we said before, or like I said before, I am I am guilty of that as well. You know, if I'm walking out of a gas station and I see a old white lady walking into the gas station, I'm just like, okay, you know, it's just an old, old white lady. If I see three or four people, you know, uh, let's just say like Latino-looking people or whatever, look like, you know, with tattoos everywhere, bandanas, wife beaters, and they they got some angry looks on their face. I'm obviously susceptible to all of a sudden thinking like, oh shit, uh oh, you know. And I don't I don't like that. You know, I realize that those are problems that are in this country. I realize that there are stereotypes. I realize there are prejudices. I realize there are privileges. I totally understand that, and I totally understand the frustration with that. But I don't think the way to solve that is to basically hold the country at ransom or to hold the police officers at ransom and say, make these people sacrificial lambs to make up for everything else. Make the cops who were in the raid of the Breonna Taylor thing, sacrificial lambs and make them come, come down hard on them to make up for everything else. I don't think that's true justice. I don't think that's the way this should be handled. I think that bad cops should get what they deserve. I think bad cops should get you know fired or arrested or serve time or be sentenced, whatever you got to do. I think that if the, if the training is failing, then I do 100% agree with the idea of reforming the police or reform or you know kind of just messing around with the funds. Do we need to put more funds into training? Do we need to totally redo the training? Do we need to start 
figuring out who's being hired as a police officer? Do we need to have some regulations in place as far as how much they're tested, their mental capabilities, their physical capabilities? Do we need to be doing that? I'm all for reform. I'm all for making this better for everyone. That doesn't happen in the world where every single time something happens, it becomes, who were the officers? Tell me where their homes are. Let's go destroy their homes. Screw the investigation. Screw the justice system. Let's take vigilante actions into this. Let's burn the city down. Let's build statues of the victims. And let's crucify the officers in the street. I don't think that's it either. I don't think that's it. And, you know, it, it's. I don't think there is a clear-cut resolution. I don't think there is a, oh, you're right, oh, you're wrong. 99% of the time, I'm, I will sit on this show and say, I am right. And that's just who I am, you know? Is that a flaw? Possibly. 99% of the time, I'll say, I'm right up here. In these situations, no one's right. No one's wrong. All I can say is that we're no closer getting right by having these incredibly divisive situations where, you know, Colin Kaepernick is calling for the ab, you know complete abolishment of, of police officers and that they're a white supremacist institution. I mean, that just seems way beyond the pale. That seems like just like we talk about the rioters and looters. I totally get protesting. I totally support. Pro- I, I protest. I, I support the protest during the national anthem. Or I, I, I don't support. I'm not, I'm, I wouldn't. I'm not doing it. But I understand it, and I understand people's rights to protest. And I'm not one of the people saying I can't believe they're kneeling at the national anthem. It's like you know what? This is why America's America because people can protest. Let's take, let's listen to what they're saying. Okay, like I'm there, but I'm not there when it's like okay, they're protesting. By breaking into a Target, stealing everything in it, and burning down a car dealership. That's not protesting to me. That's not change to me. That's just angry, divisive violence. That's just, that's just, I mean, throwing a Molotov cocktail through a building, that's not really my, that's not really what I'm thinking of when I think of protesting. That's more of just anarchy, chaos. Same with this. I totally get people who are saying, this happens way too much. Why are people dying? Why are police killings happening? I'm there. But I'm I, I'm there. I'm in that bubble. I'm in the bubble of, for sure, let's take a look and let's see why. Let's see what's leading up to this. Is it the people in it? Is it bad bad time, bad place? Uh, is, is it, you know... Is it the inner cities? Is it the lifestyle? Is it is it this area? Is it... Uh, what is it? Is it the training? Is it this... I'm in that bubble. Let's figure it out. I'm not in the bubble of saying, burn down the police stations. This is a white supremacist institution. And, you know, I may be repeating myself during this. Again, no script, unedited, whatever. And I'm just trying to make sense of this stuff. So if I'm saying the same thing over and over again, I just want to make this really clear. Because once I publish this, I can't just go back and be like, oh, LOL, I didn't didn't mean uh, minutes 16 through 22. You know, and... I do I do see people who are out there saying, you know, say her name, figure this out. We deserve justice. And I agree with all that. She does deserve justice. She does deserve the investigation. She deserves just what anyone else would deserve if they were killed in their bedroom by a police raid. You know, tell me what happened. Tell me who's at fault. Is anyone at fault? What do we do? 
but I don't think that means hang these cops from light poles and we'll go about our merry way. Right? I don't think that means burn the city of Louisville down. And then they get into the whole, you know, the riots and Louisville or burn Louisville was trending and people are blaming right wing groups and Russia and whatever. And the water is muddy. Our society right now is muddy and everyone's muddy right now. I mean, we're in, I've said before a million times, this is probably the hardest time to live mentally. This is the worst time ever to live for mental health and, and clarity and all that stuff in, in human history. And so I don't blame people for being confused. I don't blame people for being angry. I don't blame people for being depressed. But when it comes to seemingly the complete teardown of our country or our justice system or our policing or whatever, I think that we need to take that a little more seriously than retweets, likes, and TikToks. We need to actually step back from this thing and say, okay, let's give it the time it deserves. Let's do the investigation. Let's take a look and let's go from there. I don't think there's any room with this for hot takes. I don't think there's any room for impulsive decisions. I don't think there's any room for you know these super explosive, volatile responses. And maybe I'm off base. Again, I said, you know, it's not easy for me to stand up here and say, hey, this is it. This is a situation that really doesn't involve me. Not a police officer, not an, Amer- not an African-American, just kind, of an, just kind of a bystander here. So, I, I, you know, I understand that you might not want to hear this from me. I understand that I'm not the face of this thing. I, I certainly should not be. But it would be also remiss for me to completely not talk about it. And this is how I see it. And I'm going to get some people who are saying that I'm siding with the cops or I'm siding with white people or I'm a white supremacist or whatever. And I'm going to get some people who are saying that I'm siding with Breonna Taylor and, and I'm BLM and, and I'm a sump and all this other stuff. But I'm, I'm, I'm neither. And this is where I am in this political climate. I know I am not one of the people who are burning down cities. I know I'm not one of the people who want to see socialism or whatever else come to this country. I know I'm not one of those people who want Sharia law to take over. I know I'm not on that side. I know I'm not one of the people who believe 8-year-olds and 9-year-olds and 10-year-olds should be having transgender surgery. But I also know I'm not on the other side. I'm not on the far right side. And I think that's where we should be. And I think that's a safe place to be right now. It's a safe place for discussion. It's a safe place for critical thinking. It's a safe place to figure out why, since January, we've had four or five huge moments of civil and political or civil and social unrests that has resulted in the burning down of cities, the rioting in the streets, the killing of police officers, or the attack on police officers. You know, people being murdered in the street. Why is this happening? I think it's happening because too many people are being pulled to those radical sides. Too many people are being pulled to the way left and the way right. And I'm begging you to try and come towards the middle. Try and come towards in, in this area. Try and be constructive. Ask yourself, what happened here? What happened in the Breonna Taylor case? Why was she killed? Ask yourself that. And then let's move to the next question. Who killed her? Was the police doing their jobs? Should they be charged? What would you charge them with? Do you think this is a murder? Do you think that they had racial intent 
Do you think that they had racial hatred? Do you think that this was a white versus black, police versus black situation? And if you don't, I think then we can start to figure out the process of fixing this. If you do, then I think there's a whole lot more questions in there. And that branches out to our very society that we even have here. And I fear that the more that we have to answer these questions and the more that people are given time and resources and ammunition to go to those radical sides, the more they hear the white supremacist institution, the more they hear abolish this, the more they hear burn this place, the more they hear them versus us, the more they hear that, the more that this is going to happen. Because there is not going to be that room in the middle anymore. There is not going to be that time for discussion or discourse or critical thinking or questions or investigations. Those times will be over. And we'll see more and more of this street justice and more and more of these vigilantes on either side taking matters into their own hands. When I see something like this happen, and I see people like Sean King coming out there and putting out police officers' home addresses, that is too far, ladies and gentlemen. That is way too far. Putting out possibly innocent, putting out people's addresses that we don't even know. I mean, like I've told this story before, but when I worked at the paper, we couldn't put the name and any of the information about a person in the paper if they only had one count of uh, like child pornography or something, or some kind of sexual charge like that. They had to have multiple because we were trying to protect the people. Because we didn't know if they were innocent or guilty at that point, and we didn't want people to go into the street and handle it on their own. And that wasn't just like where I worked. That was a full-on media thing. So the idea that Sean King and all these think pieces and mouthpieces for these right-wing, left-wing groups, that they're thinking, yeah, man, let's put the home address of every police officer in this department, and let's see what the hell happens. That sounds like wanton endangerment to me. I mean, that sounds like a total indifference of human life. And at the end of the day, I don't want to have a total indifference of human life. At the end of the day, I care about human life. At the end of the day, I don't want to live in a world that is you're with me or against me. I don't want to live in a world that is red versus blue. I don't want to live in a world that is white versus black. I don't want to live in a world that's police versus them or police versus us. That's not the world I want to be in. And I'm terrified that the more I look at the news, the more I listen to people talk, everything is becoming like that. Everything. Absolutely every topic, every category, every meeting, every group, everything is you're on one side or you're on the other side. And that's no way to live. There's no way to have a country. There's no way to do anything. And as long as I've got this microphone, and as long as I've got this internet, and as long as I've got this platform, whether it be 10 people or 10,000 people, I'm going to say the same thing. I want justice. I want equality. I want balance. That's what I want. And in this case, I don't think that the answer to that is destroying these police officers. They got investigated. We know the facts of the case. I'm looking at this. And for where I'm looking, it doesn't look like these were guys who are guys or women. I don't, I don't know the other two officers. I, I don't think this is a group of people who were, you know, flipping quarters trying to figure out who could go in first to kill the most black people. I don't believe that. 
I don't believe that this was a racial killing. I don't believe that this was a murder from these cops just walking around murdering people because they're African-American. I really believe this was a bad place, bad time, chaos ensued, shit went wrong. Was the boyfriend wrong? Were the cops wrong? Were they both wrong? I don't know. We'll figure that out. And the investigation seemingly has done what they have had to do to figure it out. And I trust that system. And I trust that what I'm looking at does not look like a, a scene out of Django. Whew. So hopefully that provided you with some answers. Hopefully that provided you with a foundation. Hopefully that provided you with enough to make your own reasoning and your own critical thinking and to figure out what you think is the, is the move here. And I'm all ears. I'm absolutely all ears. I'm all ears to hear what you think. And I think, honestly, what I expect, I expect people to reach out and message me or text me or tweet at me or DM me on Instagram or comment on YouTube or whatever. And I expect people to echo exactly what I said. I think people will say, like, well, the cops should have said something, which I agree. That's That can certainly be looked at. But I don't think it has anything to do with this idea that it is a white supremacist situation. So if you are about to comment, if you are about to text me or tweet me or DM me or whatever, really think about what I've said here. Really think about this. I don't want to have to answer this exact same thing 50 times on this video or podcast. All right, I, I've gotten used to now at this point actually going in the comments and using like a Cliff Notes bullet point thing to make sure that as people are commenting, they can look up and see exactly what I said. I believe she should still be alive. I believe Breonna Taylor was a victim. I think cops should be held accountable. All of those things, check out. I do not think this was a killing based on race. I do not think that this was a killing from racist police officers who were murdering black people. That doesn't add up. I think this was a wrong place, wrong time, drug raid, gone bad. And that's it. And we can debate from from now on. So there we go. So I hope, uh, I hope you know, if you stuck around through that, I hope I illuminated a little bit of both the facts and illuminated a little bit about uh, how we can look at these situations like this. Um, I hope that the next time this happens... Well, I wish it would never happen, but, you know, I mean, you can't, we're not living in a utopia. So the next time we have something like this happen, I hope that it is handled better. I hope we don't have burning cities. I hope we don't have dead police officers. I hope we don't have dead victims. Like, I hope, I hope everything gets better. I'm rooting for humanity. Root for humanity with me. And I think if we all are rooting for humanity, we'll figure it out. I really do. We're going to end the show on that. Thank you for listening. Uh, this is the last podcast of the week. Um, you will hear the football show probably late Friday, Saturday will be posted on here and also on YouTube. Again, the content that you can find, you can find audio podcasts on Spotify, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Anchor, literally wherever podcasts are sold, we are there. You can find the video versions of everything we do on YouTube. Just search my name. And if you want to see me live and in action, if you want to actually have a live conversation, a live debate, 
um, or whatever, just hang out, be a, you know, be a couple of pals. You can find me on Twitch at my name. Uh, today I had about an hour conversation with someone who came from YouTube and he wanted to talk about the Katie Nolan, Jason Whitlock thing. And we had a really nice conversation and it was funny because he ended the whole thing saying, you know what? You're a pretty level-headed guy. And, uh, you know, I, I, I take a great, great pride in that someone can disagree or agree, come to, come to continue the conversation, have the conversation in real time, and then say, you know what? I enjoyed the discourse. Uh, thank you very much. And I, and I told him, you know, I enjoyed that. The only reason I'm doing this, you know, is at the end of the day, I really do just love conversation. I really do just love discourse or talking about whatever. I don't have a problem at all with opposing views, which at this point in life, I feel like, or at this point in society, I feel like this is like the minority is people who are like, yeah, I'd love to talk to someone who doesn't believe in the same religion as me, or I'd love to talk to somebody who doesn't, uh, who, who's a different race or ethnicity or whatever. I I'm, I'm there. I'm still there. You know, different ideas, different ideals, different everything. That's what makes the world go around. That's what I'm all about. So that's where we need to be guys. But I appreciate you listening. Uh, this will go up late Thursday. And so hope you have a great rest of your week. Um, you'll hear from me again on Monday on the podcast. So we'll see what happens over the weekend. We'll see what all takes place. Um, enjoy yourself. Don't stress out too much. Um, thank you again for all the support. As we started the podcast off with, I really do appreciate everything. Um, it's nothing. I mean, it's absolutely nothing in the grand scheme of things. You know, like 180 subscribers in six months is nothing crazy. Um, you see people who have millions and millions of subscribers, but... As someone who's been doing this for a long time, again, it does feel good to see some fruits of that labor. So thank you again very, very much. I appreciate it. I couldn't do it without you. All the kind words every week from different people. It really is amazing. Um, so thank you again from the bottom of my heart. Uh, this is a hard time, guys. This is a hard time, and um, we're just trying to make it a little easier. So thank you. My throat's killing me. Uh, a lot of uh, no COVID, just a whole lot of talking. All of a sudden doing... 30 hours of content a week is, uh, I'm starting to sound like Miley Cyrus or something. I'm starting to sound like, uh, if Hannah Montana has a 30 years after reunion tour, I, I might be opening it up for her. So thank you very much, guys. I appreciate it. Enjoy your weekend. You will hear me again next week. This has been the greatest podcast, the greatest content creator. I've said it before and I'll say it again. The greatest social commentator on the planet this has been the James Cometa Show. Are you listening? Damn. Uh. Yeah.